That is our heart and prayer. I'll be in Proverbs chapter 3. I want to give a brief challenge here to um, our graduate from high school as well as our little ones really starting the way. When I graduated from college and seminary, we had what was called a commencement service. And commencement doesn't mean conclusion, it means beginning. And this is a beginning. It's a beginning of the next chapter and next step. There's been a lot of people contribute to them getting here. And you ever see a, a turtle on a fence post? It's been said, you know he didn't get there by himself. And there's a lot of us that find ourselves like that turtle on a fence post. We wouldn't be where we are today if it weren't for others investing. We're so glad to have Miss Haynes here, who's been uh, one of Will's teachers right down the road and helping him in his speech. And thank you for honoring us tonight with your presence as well. Proverbs chapter 3, Giovanni, congratulations, Will and Gretchen and Sophia, congratulations to a time of transition. It's the biggest transition you faced, Giovanni, perhaps in life up to this point. But I can pretty well assure you this won't be the last big obstacle or turning point. It reminds me of the young boy who visited the Grand Canyon with his family. His first time going and he was pretty pumped and excited about it. And his dad wanted him to get the most out of it. So he gave him a, a journal so he could write some thoughts down. And uh, he wanted him to make some entries in it each day and, and they could talk about the insight and his observation. That little boy, when he got to the Grand Canyon, he stood on the edge of a very high cliff and he spit as hard as he could. And he seemed to get a thrill just out of spitting. And um, that night he made some entry journals and um, spent some time writing and when he fell off to sleep, his father slipped into the room and after he, he was sound asleep, the father just couldn't stand it anymore. This is a big event. And uh, he was tempted, so he opened up his little boy's journal and this is what it said. Today, I spit two miles. <laughs> that was quite an accomplishment. But you've also made quite an accomplishment. And we're glad to have a small part in your life counting for Jesus. Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. What would it profit, Jesus said, if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? Yogi Berra, those old timers would recognize the name of the baseball player of old. He said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Well, you've come to a fork in the road. You come to another time of crisis and opportunity. In Proverbs chapter 3, in verse 5 and 6, God gives us some help in finding God's way in a dark day. Notice what he says in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Most of us would agree that these days are trying and confusing times in which to live. And as we look at the year before us, we look at the year behind us, 
we can conclude that it can be very scary. I sometimes hear uh, older men say, I'm concerned about the life that my grandchildren will live in this society of ours. But the truth is, God is concerned. He's always been concerned. And he's concerned that we find God's way in the midst of this dark day. How is that possible? Well, he tells us here by trusting and acknowledging God in all of our ways. It's difficult in uncertain days, but remember, God's will for us is not a road map. It's a relationship. God does have a plan, yes, and he has a promise. God doesn't just have plans for nations. He doesn't just have plans for countries. But he has a plan for you as well. And God wants you to know the answers. Three things here in this passage. Notice in, in these two verses. In verse number five, if we're going to find God's way in a dark day, it requires a trusting confidence in God. He says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. A trusting confidence in God. These verses tell us to trust God with all of our heart. This is complete, trusting, total confidence. It's trust in the Lord, not trusting in a purpose he may have, not just trusting in a plan that he may have, but trusting in the person of God himself. You see, the way we enter into this relationship, it starts with trust. The Bible says of one man in Acts 16 and verse 30 who was about to commit suicide. He wasn't yet ready to die. And he cried out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And the answer came back in Acts 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Romans 10 and verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, then thou shalt be saved. See, no one enters into a relationship with Jesus until you've recognized your need of salvation. There are many people, especially in this part of the country, that are in inevitably religious. I can talk to someone who is so doped up and, and so hooked and addicted to drugs, it's killing them. You can see it in their body. And I can begin to talk about their greatest need, the need of their soul. And inevitably, he'll begin to tell me about his uncle who's a preacher. He'll begin to tell me how religious he is. Religion is not what Jesus came to give us. He died on the cross. He was buried and resurrected. Not that we would have religion, but that we would have a relationship with him. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's very exclusive. And Jesus is not saying there's a lot of ways and just as long as you're sincere, that's all that matters. No, you can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. You can be sincere and believe that there is no Grand Canyon and be sincerely wrong. You can be sincere that the way that you feel is right. 
But the Bible tells us in Proverbs 14 that the, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of death or separation. See, no one enters into a relationship until you understand the need for a trusting confidence in Jesus to save you. We mentioned it this morning. Religion is about what I do. I think I'm going to heaven because I've done some pretty good things. I'm going to heaven because I've not done as bad as other people. Listen, we don't compare ourselves to others. We compare ourselves to God's standard. And God says all have sinned and come short of God's standard. Therefore, we need a Savior. No one could be that substitute. No one could satisfy the Father's demand. No one could save us apart from Jesus Christ, the Savior. But He doesn't save everybody. But He will save anybody that will recognize their need of a Savior and call upon Him to be their Savior. You know, you find yourself in, a, in an accident or an emergency, you can call 911. You may have to wait some time, and it may be a while before they come, but the design process is you have an emergency, they answer and they say, what is the, the uh, nature of your emergency? They don't just randomly show up at our house, knocking on our doors throughout the week, asking, do you have an emergency? They're waiting for you to call. And Jesus Christ did everything he could possibly do to make it possible for you to be saved and enter into a relationship, not religion, but a relationship. But you have to call. Romans 10 says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why? Because that's why he came. It requires a trusting confidence. To fully trust God, we must start by knowing him personally. And as our knowledge of him deepens, we come to love him. And the more you love him, the more you trust him. And the more you trust him, the more you love him. And the more you trust him and love him, the more you obey him. And the more you love him and trust him and obey him, the more you are blessed by him. Remember this principle. If you ever put human reason before God's holy revelation, you will walk in darkness and not in light. In other words, you can have all the degrees, you can have more degrees than a thermometer and still be empty until you meet Jesus. You can study him and miss him. The most religious man in the day of Jesus perhaps was Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, Pharisee. And the Bible says that he knew because of who he was, he knew the 613 laws by heart. He wore Bible verses stitched into his clothing. He wore Bible verses around his head. He gave 10% of all that he had to his local assembly. He fasted and prayed a couple days a week. He was a religious man, but he was lost and heading to hell. He came to Jesus one night and said, you're you're a good man. You must be from God. No man can do the miracles that you do except God be with you. And Jesus looked at him in the eyeballs, the most religious man of that day, and he said, you better get born again. 
In fact, Jesus said it a couple of times and he said, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. You'll not see heaven. You'll not enter heaven, John chapter three, unless you're born again. It requires a trusting confidence. It begins at salvation and it continues by spending time every day with God. It's the only way to get to know him. Verse number seven, Solomon tells us here, be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. Why does he say, be not wise in your own eyes? Well, Jeremiah 10, 23 says, oh Lord, I know that the, in the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct himself. The Bible tells us that the heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked. The world says, follow your heart. And God says, no, follow God's word. Our heart can lead us astray. Even a sincere heart, it can be darkened. And that's why we can never put human reasoning above God's holy revelation. What does it mean to be a Baptist church? Well, I don't know what a lot of others mean by it, but what we mean by it is Baptist is synonymous with Bible. And Bible means that is the authority. God's word is the authority for what we believe and what we do. We don't have a certain council that sits around and decides what laws or what policies are we going to follow. No, God wrote it and that settles it and we're going to follow it. It's timeless truth. And we ever take the world's philosophy and we try to imbibe that and, and, and bypass what God says, we will never find God's light in a dark day. It doesn't mean that we disregard anything outside of, of here. In fact, if you ever hear anybody Speaking truth, understand all truth is God's truth. All truth is God's truth. In fact, the Bible tells us that God used Balaam's donkey to speak truth. If God can use Balaam's donkey, he can use you as well. Verse 5, he says, don't lean unto your own understanding. It doesn't mean we don't have to have understanding. God wants us to understand. And this is not an excuse for a sanctified ignorance. Rather, it's a reminder, lean on God's shoulder. Lean on God. You see, the right thing to do may not always seem like the reasonable thing to do to others. But what somebody else thinks you ought to do. That's why you can't lean into your own understanding. When David went up against Goliath as a teenage boy, King Saul said, you need to use some armor. God wanted him to use a slingshot and a few stones. What's reasonable to others may not always be right in God's eyes. Noah, people thought, was crazy to build a boat when there had never been rain. Build a boat that size on dry land. What may seem reasonable to others may not be right in God's eyes. I'm sure they thought Joshua was nuts whenever he marched around Jericho seven times, but they were confident in the power of God. Why? Because the right thing may not always be the reasonable thing, but the reasonable thing in God's eyes is always to do the right thing, and that is trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Not only is there a trusting confidence, number two, there's a total commitment. Notice in verse six, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. 
See, God's not a game show host. You don't make a deal with God. God, I want to give you this much of my life and I'll take your blessing over here. It doesn't work that way. God gives you an ultimatum. You trust or you don't. And God doesn't bless those who don't think that God is trustworthy. How can I trust him? Because he said so. God's never told a lie. He's not a man that he could lie. He's never said, "Uh uh-oh. He's never made a mistake. In fact, the psalmist said, taste and see that the Lord's good. Just try it. The taste is in the pudding. You taste and see. You put God to the test. Total commitment. How do we totally commit? It says acknowledge him. How do we acknowledge him? Well, acknowledge him as Lord. Either he's your master or you're the one calling the shots. Have you ever handed somebody a blank check and say, you just fill it in? Whatever whatever you like to do. You have to have a lot of confidence in somebody to give them a blank check. To be able to trust them to put any amount on there and it has your signature. You know what acknowledging God and all of his ways and all of our ways is about? It's about handing God the blank check of my life and I sign it and hand it to him and say, God, wherever, however, anywhere, any place, anytime, you're God, I'm not. I take great consolation in that. I'm told that he can see tomorrow. I'm told he knows the future. I'm told that he's still God. He's never been sick. He's never had an ache. He's never had a time of worry. And God is able to take care of the flowers of the field. Matthew 6, Jesus tells us he's able to care for the birds in the air. How much more will he care for those that he died for? Total commitment. Trust and commit are the only ways to find God's way in the dark. And if you will trust God and put a a confident trust in him and a total commitment in him, and here's the result, verse number six, and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. See, when God directs your path, Giovanni, you'll find a thrilling confidence, or, or excuse me, a thrilling consequence. The consequence of total commitment, the the consequence of a trusting confidence, the consequence is a life that is thrilling. It's never boring with God, never bored. No one who walks with Jesus ever gets bored. When we're left to our own is when we tend to get bored. Out of trusting confidence, total commitment, there's a thrilling consequence. God will direct us. He'll direct us. How does he do that? Through his word. In a dark day, we need a little lamplight. And the Bible shines brightly. Many times, God's will is already revealed through his word. If you just seek God's word, you'll find his will. He'll lead through a heart. I thought you said you can't trust your heart. You can't trust your heart. You trust God and God will work through your heart. He speaks directly to the human heart through the word of God. Through wisdom. When you lack wisdom, James chapter 1, verse 5 says, ask of God, he'll give it to you. Through providence, that means God opening doors and closing doors. I don't know why this happened, but trust the one who does. 
See, God intervenes and shuts some doors. That's the way of providence. And notice what he says there again in verse six. He shall direct thy path. The, the word direct, it literally means to cut a path or clear a way. Are you in need of God cutting a path in your life, clearing the way, making it clear? I'm telling you, the exciting reality is God will not only lead you, but he'll clear the way for you. If you'll trust God, acknowledge him in all of your ways, he will set an angel and a bulldozer ahead of you. He'll clear the wilderness. He'll level the jungles. He'll melt the mountains. He'll fill the valleys to make your way smooth, at least so that you can know the will of God and the gates of hell cannot prevail against the will of God and the Christian who has surrendered and submitted to him. There's no itinerary for the journey of life. It's filled with surprises. You find God's will for the rest of your life by finding his will for the next 15 minutes. How? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Do what you know he wants you to do today. Be faithful in the small things. The greater things will come. And he will lead the way through a dark day. Stand together, please, with heads bowed.